I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to The Big Payoff. This is Rachel Bellow. And I'm Suzanne Mushin. This is a new conversation about business. We tackle all the personal stuff that really matters to you at work. I'm ready. Are you ready? ready? Let's do this. Let's do it. Let's go. Welcome to The Big Payoff. This segment is called Off the Air because it really is a different kind of radio for Rachel and me. This isn't a full show. You won't hear a guest. You're just going to hear Rachel and I talking as we do every morning when we start the day, probably every day as we end the day, and about 40 other times in between. So no guests, no planned topic. We're just going to talk. So take a listen. Rachel, I had a really interesting wake-up call for myself when I was teaching this class at Kellogg last night. Usually I don't. Usually I'm so focused on the class that I'm not having that kind of out-of-body experience where I had my own Usually you're moment. asleep while you're talking. <laughs> right. Usually I'm actually yawning inside and trying to be all perky on the outside. But this class, I, I always have this one slide where I show the career path, how I got from Teach for America to, to here. And I only do it because it's a way of telling my story in like two minutes or less and it gives them a sense of who I am just so that they have context for what I'm talking about. But it occurred to me when I was teaching last night that there was something that you and I both share that we never really say out loud. What? What, what is it? It's that even though you and I have both done lots of different things, like if you just had a bullet-pointed list of all the things you've done and jobs you've held and places you've worked, it would be a really long list. But in fact... You really have only done one thing, just like I've only done one thing my whole career. You, right. Well, you can't really appreciate how true that is until you look back 10 years. You really Exactly. Can't. That's why I found it so revealing last night that it took me, I mean, I've taught this class over a 10-year period versions of it. It took me until last night to figure that out. And what I landed on was... You and I have always had a shared point of view that's driven our entire careers, which is about the need to align social purpose ideas, ideas that make the world a better place, with their markets, with market demand, with people who want well, those or, ideas. Or, well, yeah, or to make, you know, in through my career, it is taking big ideas and making their audiences bigger. Yes. Right. So the big ideas tend to be trapped in tiny little bubbles and they need to be liberated and and made um, 
understandable by everyone, but it really is a dilemma when you're going through your career. And Suzanne, it's happening right now with us where you have an idea of how you want to work out the next like incarnation of your point of view. And then as a, the market as a business, shifts. As a business. As a business. And the market shifts and you go, oh, wait, that's not exactly it. That's it. And from the outside, it looks as if you're kind of careening around from opportunity to <laughs> opportunity and it. that it's random. But oh, it's not. There's certain people, including my husband, who I dread talking to about what you and I are up to because it really does sound like every five minutes we're changing the thing that we do because we keep thinking about, well, this opportunity and how to fine-tune it in that market and how we want to reach them. And what David, my husband's experience is, and you know this as well as I do from being on the phone with him, is he actually cannot tolerate that kind of jumping around because it doesn't seem strategic to him. Unless we're right. able to constantly weave it back and say, well, here's how the radio show and our consulting business and our desire to have big ideas gain greater market traction. Here's how that all ladders up and has been a single consistent drumbeat. And that's exactly. Just and so when we tell our story to him or and he's just a proxy for the sort of um, audiences that want to lock it down. Right. We got to lock that down. So that's what you're doing, and that's and it, that's really their need yes. to turn around and yeah. explain it and think about it. It 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 it's an anxiety on their part. Right. I actually do not feel anxious. In fact, I feel the opposite when I am balancing that. I mean, it's the entrepreneur's dilemma: the balancing of my conviction that something is very important. But my understanding and my recognition that the how isn't quite locked and loaded for some time. And you yes. just keep holding on to the rudder while you shift. Okay, I'm now out of sailing metaphors. You're going to have to take <laughs> over. Whatever. But, it, but this is the dilemma of really the story of what you're doing and how the story. I realized when I was in the class last night that you and I need to take responsibility for that confusion and do a better job at telling our story. I mean, you just did a yeah. great job of it when you wrote that email to Ted Chen, who Ted at the used to be at the Kellogg Foundation and knows us very well. You tracked him through what we've been up to in the last year, but you did it in a way that made it sound very seamless and very logical, even though right, you and that I know. Isn't the actual, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. That's not the experience. And that's okay. And, that's and you're okay. absolutely right that you're, you are responsible for helping the narrative not track, not get too fecal. I love the fact that okay. we've used the word fecal in Okay, can I just tell you that shows. Susie Weinberg, our producer, used that term just this morning in reference to oh, yes. our engineer's beard. Who? So Michael, our, our engineer on our show, shaved his beard. And Susie reported very quickly that there's a new study out that suggests that the fecal content in men's beards, and that term was used, oh. is the same as like in a toilet. Okay, okay. New subject. I meant I meant fecal by detailed. It's like, you know, people and oh, that's so I interesting. Had that in my that's life for a long time who had definition. this problem of not being uh -huh. able to tell the difference between he simply could not tell the difference between the details and the altitude that different 
publics needed to know and what he knew. So everybody had to know everything. Yes. And it was exhausting and confusing. So that's, but we're, but we're I'm saying, I think we've been our own worst enemies with this. We've need, yes. We need to get better, just like every entrepreneur needs to get better at finding the golden thread that ties everything they do together and then just talking about that golden thread. So it becomes much more about your point of view than it does about the manifestation of that point of view in the form of a particular project or a company or a new initiative because that makes you sound like you're just, you know, freewheeling every single morning, just waking up and wondering what's yours to do that day. You know, it's so true, and I'm on my way up to this big, entrepreneurship committee that meets every five to six weeks. Look at you on a committee. Look at me. And so here's the thing, Suzanne, if we just think about this, if this committee meets every five to six weeks, now think about our decision-making process over the last set of five to six weeks and how much we've shifted in as the winds have shifted in the marketplace and thinking about how we are going to play this out, this POV we have. And so every time I come like, oh, they go, oh, what are you up to now? And <laughs> right. I decided for today, yes. I'm just going to go like whatever my last story is. That's what I'm, I'm sticking say. to I'm it. Gonna, Although yeah. I, I think you had a, a tagline that you said in the car. I was driving the other day and you said it and I thought, wow, why isn't that our tagline? Because it actually explains everything. And the tagline you said was big ideas, bigger audiences. Yeah. That's our mantra. Right. It it really is. Big ideas need bigger audiences. Yeah. And there are lots of different ways that we can work out a business model against that. That's not your business. (laughs) That's our business and our torture and agony every day. But this is really the, the central idea that I think most entrepreneurs miss, which is you have a right to change your how. And in fact, you're obligated to change the how in response to market traction or the customer's response or end user experience. And that's up to you to change it. But what you shouldn't change is the point of view that's driving all of that. Yep. Yeah. See how I got all breathy when I said that? The point of view that's driving all of that. Don't you you always feel, and this actually bugs me because I like her so much, I always feel like Sarah Jessica Parker's tweets all have that voice of like Annie in New York. Like, I know. Wow, wasn't that just amazing? Yep. Yeah, I hate that. I'm not going to go off on Sarah Jessica Parker. Did you see? Well, that and did you also see what she wore last night to the Met Ball? Yep. Why? Why that hat? I know. You know who looked good was Madonna. Yeah, Madonna looked good. Madonna looked good. For a change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she really did. She looked softer. Yeah. All right, we're out of here. I think we're getting off track here. Jumping, let's go. Lay back, enjoy the show. Everybody gets high, everybody gets low. These are the days when anything goes. Every day is a winding road. I get a little bit closer. If you enjoyed today's show and want to hear more from Rachel and Suzanne, you can follow them on Twitter at Big Payoff Radio and like them on Facebook at The Big Payoff. 
Download past episodes and subscribe to The Big Payoff on the ACAST app or at iTunes, and you can always find us online at bigpayoffradio.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.